This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Identity is a big deal. There's a lot of us that struggle with our identity, struggle with who we are, and and we lose confidence. So if you're taking notes today, my message is called Confidence. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, it says this. When Jesus came to the region of Philippi, he asked the disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? Verse 14. Well, they replied, some said John the Baptist, some said Elisha, and some said Jeremiah the bullfrog. And um, oh, none of you got that. Ah! I saw that this morning. I was like, that's so good. That's such a dad joke. I love it. Ah, oh, went over your heads. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. I love that song. Oh, I can sing it. It's in my heart. I'm telling you, okay? Verse 15. Then he asked him, but who do you say I am? Simon answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Verse 17, Jesus replied to him, You are blessed, Simon of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from human beings. I'm going to read another translation. The Amplified translation says, Jesus answered him, Blessed, happy, spiritually secure, favored by God, you are Simon, son of John. Because flesh and blood, mortal man did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven did. Jesus is making an emphasis, a very clear emphasis to us, the importance of the Holy Spirit. The importance that we are close to Jesus, that we are close to the Father, and that we can hear what the Father has to reveal to us about our everyday life about our families, our marriages, our kids, our futures, where we are going. God has an exact plan that he has mapped out for your life. And far too often we are running our own plan and our own agendas, and God's going, listen, if you'll just trust me, I got a good plan. But I need you to get close to me so that you can hear my voice. You can listen to me, okay? Verse 16, it says this. Jesus all of a sudden flips things around and he says, Now I say that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, oh, baby girl, you're good. Upon this rock, I will build my church. All the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is asking a really important question here. He says, listen, who do people say that I am? Okay? He wants to know. Have you ever asked a question hoping to receive a really great response? Maybe you've asked your kids a question sometime in life, and you're like, I'm going to ask them this question, and I'm hoping to get a great response, but you know in your heart of hearts you're just going to get a really dumb response. You know what I mean? Like, there's just no way. Like, a few weeks ago, I uh, grabbed Michael, my oldest son, and he's 13, and I said, Michael, do you know what the word responsibility means? 
And he just kind of like stared at me. You know what I mean? I don't know if you're a parent. You've ever had that where your kid like stares at you. And you know they're thinking like, number one, I have to clear all the cobwebs out of my mind. And I just got to like focus on what you're saying for like a hot second. You know what I mean? And then the other thing, you know they're thinking like, what can I say? Like I need to say the right thing thing right now. Like, I don't want to say the wrong thing right now, you know? And I think that that's what Michael was doing. And Michael was like, uh, it means that you like tell me things to do. And I was like, yes, it does mean I tell you the things to do, but it means that the garbage cans at the end of the driveway mean what? You don't know what responsibility really is. You know what I mean? Or the clothes that are folded on the floor of your bedroom that your mom washed and she folded so awesomely for you and you just decided I would rather use my floor as a dresser than the dresser that I have to put clothes in or maybe it's the nine pop cans the three cups the four plates and the half-eaten bag of chips that are on the floor that you're like yeah I really don't know what responsibility is can I get an amen from anybody in the house okay so listen this is what's happening Jesus asks them a question, and their response is, and I think they're probably really, probably really proud of their response. They go, well, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elisha. Some say you're Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And I'm thinking the disciples are like, man, Jesus is so impressed with our answer right here. And then Jesus rebuttals, and he says this, but who do you say that I am? He's trying to get to the heart of the matter. And only one could answer. Simon answers, you are the Messiah, son of the living God. And Jesus says, you are blessed. My father in heaven has revealed this to you. See, the truth is this. There is a huge difference between what we think we know and what we really, truly understand. You get that? Huge difference. See, there's a lot of things we think we know about Jesus and the kingdom of God because we've gone to church or we know somebody that knows God. You know what I mean? You ever know, like, like that person really knows God. He really knows Jesus, you know? And so we take our cues not from anything we truly understand. We take our cues from things we've heard from other people. Think about this. I, I could probably guarantee that at some point in your life, you've heard somebody say something to you to the extent of, you know, God gave that person that sickness, and, you know, God's really using that to teach them a lesson and help them find Jesus. Hmm, that's, that's, that's not biblical. <laughs> that is just not the Bible, okay? You can't show it to me in the Bible. You can't prove it to me in the Bible. I'll prove you 40 times over that God heals and restores and wants to heal people's bodies in Jesus' name. But you know what? We have a theology because we heard somebody say that, right? So Jesus is going, you think you know who I am, but the reality is, really, only one of you know who I am. And that's because my Father revealed it to you. 
Jesus is saying, listen, you need real, true understanding that comes from me. Biblical understanding. Listen, it is so important in 2019 that we know the word of God in a world that is quickly manipulating what truth looks like. We have to know, and we have to know so that we can shape our children and our grandchildren so that they can have a biblical perspective on life, not a social perspective on life. We need truth and understanding in our souls. Back to Matthew 16, verse 18. He said, now I say to you, Peter, which means rock, upon this I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Can we get an amen for that? Listen, I don't care what hell throws at us. Elevate Church isn't stopping. We're going forward. We're going to possess that land. We're going to take over the city of, of Liberty Township. I drove up to the Liberty Township uh, uh, office the other day to get my paperwork that they signed off, and I saw their logo, and it was a flame, and, he go, and the Lord said, it's a flame because of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit upon you, and he said, the Holy Spirit's going to take over the city. It's going to take over the surrounding area. The gates of hell cannot stop what Elevate Church is going to do in Jesus' name. So what is Jesus doing? Okay. Jesus is performing the prophetic in Peter's life. Joaquin, can I use you for a second? Can you come on up here? Is that real quick? Come on. Give it up for Joaquin, everybody. Yeah, get loud for Joaquin. Come here, bro. You got to hurry. got to hurry. got to hurry. Man, that was like, like such a cool... Look, the principal's office? Oh, my man. Listen, this is Joaquin. I love Joaquin. I love Reese. How many of you went to Joaquin and Reese's house the other night? Was it awesome? I mean, I heard it was a great, great night. Okay. So let me give you an example of this. So a couple months ago, Joaquin reaches out to me, and he goes, let's go to lunch. I'm like, yeah, let's go to lunch. And then I canceled, like, Three times because our life is just crazy, okay? And he was persistent. And I was like, this is awesome. So we go, let's meet really early in the morning. So we did. And we went uh, to breakfast together. And we're talking about life, and he's talking about what God's doing in him and Reese's life. And listen, I can't wait to share the story of Joaquin and Reese's life and what has happened in a very short amount of time since they found Elevate Church. I mean, their whole entire life and family and marriage is completely different. It's just Jesus, and it's just what he does. But me and him, we're at breakfast, and we're just talking. And, and I, I'm, like, prodding and poking, you know, and I'm like, hey, where are you serving, and when are you going to get involved, and, you know, you need to be a part of the house, you know, and get involved, and and he says to me, he says, you know, we just need a time to just like heal and back off. And like we don't, we don't need to get involved. And the Holy Spirit rose up inside of me. And at breakfast, I looked at him and I said, no, you don't. I said, you don't need any time. You need to be a part of the body because when you're a part of the body, you will find healing inside of the body and you'll find healing when you're serving in the house of God. I was like, you don't need any time. I literally said to them, I said, listen, I will give you till Christmas and then you're done. I was like, I'm going to come knock on your door and tell you, let's get going. We got work to do. God brought you to this house for a reason. Did I not? Amen. In Jesus' name. 
what, what, is, what is God doing in Joaquin's life at that moment? He's prophetically speaking. He's saying, Joaquin, no. No. Your identity isn't to sit. Your identity is to trust me, and I'm going to use your life in extraordinary ways. This is what's happening to Peter. He looks at Peter, and he goes, you were once named Simon, but no longer will you be Simon. You will be Peter. You will be my rock, and I will build my church upon you, Peter. I'm giving you a brand new identity, Peter. So God will use the prophetic to speak out over a moment to say, no, son, that's not my will for your life. We need to have a dinner party at your house. <laughs> Can I get an amen from somebody in the house? And all I've heard, all I've heard all weekend, man, Reese and Joaquin, they're amazing at hospitality. They're amazing at welcoming people in their home. They're amazing at making people feel just the love of Jesus. Listen, listen. God has a plan for Reese and Joaquin, but he does the same exact thing in our life. He's looking at us, prophetically speaking into our souls. He's going, no son, no daughter. Uh -uh Uh-uh-uh. That is not your identity. That is not your plan for my life. Give it up for Joaquin, everybody. <laughs> Love that Puerto Rican man. <laughs> Listen, it's the same thing that happened to Grant a few weeks ago. I know Grant was probably like, man, why are you doing this to me? Like, why are you calling me out? Because you know what happens? The world has a lot to say about us, right? They want to give us an identity. Our friends, our families have a lot to say about us. You know, our surroundings have a lot to say about us. They want to identify us. They want to tell us who we are. And God goes, no, I want to tell you who you really are. So when I was speaking, listen, I don't even remember what I said that day. I really don't because it's the Holy Spirit. So what's the Holy Spirit doing in Grant's life? The Holy Spirit's going, I want to re-identify who Grant is. Because a lot of ever, other people have a lot of other different opinions. I'll never forget this. I'm, I, I'm like, gosh, I was 18 or 19 at this time. And so I know God's calling me to do this internship and to go into ministry. And so I sit down with my aunt and uncle, which is like my mom and dad, and I said, hey, I want to take you to dinner, and I want to talk to you about something. And so I took him to, like, an olive garden, and I'm like, man, I'm fancy. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm like 18, we rolling, you know, free breadsticks for everybody, you know. <laughs> and so I took him out, and I'm like, hey, I want to tell you about what God's been doing in my life and, you know, like, what he's telling me to do. And so, you know, I told him, like, listen, I'm about to quit my job at Walmart. And, you know, you know, you don't think, like, Walmart. But I was a manager at Walmart, and I was in the management program, and they had, like, really high hopes for me. And I was, like, on my way. And, and I sat down, and I was like, listen, I'm about to quit my job at Walmart. And I was like, I'm going to take this internship, and I'm going to work my butt off 
off every day from like 8 in the morning to like midnight every night. And they're going to pay me $50 a week. And, and it's going to be $43.25 after tax and tithe. You know what I mean? And, and I was like, I'm going to do this for three years. And I'm going to become a pastor. And it's going to be awesome. And I'm like, I'm like beaming, you know. I'm like, the joy of the Lord is in my soul. I'm so excited about what I'm going to do. I'll never forget, my aunt looked at me. And she, and she said this. She said, Jeff, you've done a, a lot of dumb things in your life. And I was like, yes, I'll testify to that. Like, I'll give it, you know, well, well, that's good. I understand that. And then she said, but Jeff, this is the dumbest thing you've ever done in your life. You know what's interesting? I grew up with her my whole life. And she couldn't see what God had planned. I'll never forget, it was like, it's like seven years later, I'm preaching at our church in, in Michigan. Our pastors are out of town, it's like my first time, listen, don't look it up online, it's awful, okay, it's terrible, I'm thoroughly embarrassed by it. I'll never forget, I'm preaching, and afterwards, she was there, and she came up to me, and she said, Jeff, I'm sorry, I was so wrong, I was just so wrong. Listen, there's times where God goes, I need to prophetically speak into your soul because I need to tell you who you really are. And this is Peter saying, Peter, I want you to know you're not Simon. You are Peter. You're my rock. I'm going to build my church upon you. I'm going to do great things in your life. And the reality is this doesn't make sense because actually Peter was an outcast. Peter grew up as a Jew, and as a Jew, to grow up, your greatest desire was to be able to serve under a rabbi. But Peter had not been chosen to serve under any rabbi. No rabbi had thought, yeah, Peter, man, that's a future right there. You know I me, mean? that's my guy. No, they thought differently about Peter. Peter didn't come from privilege. Peter worked as a fisherman. It was dirty. It was a low job. It had no future. Listen, if your kid came to you tomorrow and they were like, Dad, I just, I just feel like I'm called to be a fisherman someday, you'd be like, son, let's pray about that. You know what I mean? That's just not something you'd be like, yes, in Jesus' name. Listen, Peter had no real, true identity or future. But God knew what Peter was called to do. God knows why you're alive. God knows why you're breathing. God knows why you're here today. You are not in this house today just because you randomly came. You're here because God called you to be here today. Because he wants you to know, I got a different plan. I got a different identity for your life. I want to shape who you are. And he wants to do that because why? Because we are sheep. And sheep do what? They wander away. They wander away. This is exactly what happens to Peter. In Mark chapter 14, verse 66, it says this. Jesus just got arrested. Okay? Jesus is getting arrested. He's getting beaten. He's about to go to the cross for us, take our sin, our guilt, our shame. And it says this in verse 66. Meanwhile, Peter was in the courtyard below. And one of the servant girls who worked there for the high priest came and said she noticed Peter was warming himself by the fire. So she looked at him closely and said, you are one of those Jesus followers of Nazareth. I know you. I've seen you. I've seen you with Jesus. Verse 68. But Peter denied it. 
I don't know what you're talking about, he said. And he went out of his way to move on. And then the rooster crowed. I don't know about you, but I've had a moment like this in my life where you denied a friend, denied, you know, you know, just straight up lied about something. Anybody ever just lied about something before? You know what I mean? I'll never forget one time I came home uh, from, from, my ho- uh, from a concert, and, I, and, my, and my mom said, where have you been? I was like, oh, I was at my friend Wade's house. I was actually at the Poison concert that night. I don't know if any of you know who Poison is. And I was at the Poison concert that night. And, and she goes, oh, really? She goes, why do you smell like smoke? I'm like, man, Wade's dad just smokes a lie. You know, he's just like a chimney. You know, you ever done that? You just lie. And, and this is what's happening. Peter is denying this. He's lying, okay? Verse 69, when a servant girl saw him standing there, she began to tell others, this man is definitely one of them. Verse 70, but Peter denied it again. It's one thing to deny it once. It's a whole other thing to deny it two times. Then a little time later, some other bystanders confronted Peter and said, you must be one of them. And Peter, like, really, you know, like, doubles down. He goes, a curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know if I would ever go that far, you know what I mean? Then he goes, a curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know who this man is. I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know about you, but there's times that, like, you may not verbally deny Jesus, but you know you're denying Jesus by the way that you treat your spouse. You know you deny Jesus by the way you choose not to forgive. You know you're denying Jesus by the way you choose to judge other people. You know you're denying Jesus with your time and your talents and your finances. You're like, I I, I might not be physically, verbally denying Jesus, but there are areas in my life that I'm denying Jesus. And when that happens, this is what just happened to Peter. What happens instantly is this. You feel God go in your heart of hearts. You're like, man, God is so upset with me. He is so disappointed with me. He is so frustrated with me. He is so angry with me. God doesn't approve of me. And I don't know if I'm the only one that deals with that, but I sure do deal with that. I still deal with that big time. And Dave, I want to tell you, when I was writing this message, the Lord told me two things to tell you personally. He said, number one, I approve of you. And number two, I approve of you and Jenny. I approve of who you are and I approve of your future. God clearly told me that in prayer when I was writing this message, Dave. Promise you. And what happens is this. (laughs) We lose all our confidence in who God's called us to be. Can I get an amen for anybody? You start wandering. You know, it's interesting. God's greatest call on Peter's life came right before his greatest failure. Isn't that cool? The greatest thing that Christ ever said over Peter came right before his greatest failure. I don't think God is like, 
oh, crap, I can't believe that stuff I said over Jeff through Abner and through the church. Look at my idiot son when he watched the Bears game. Now, listen, you guys got to understand something, okay? Cody Parkey hit three field goals that night, and he got up to kick that field goal for us to win that game a couple weekends ago, and he got up there, and he kicked it, and they called timeout, and it went through the uprights, and I told Jess, in the name of Jesus, and then, I mean, I am like prophesying, I am praying. You know, I am, you know, just like, in Jesus' name, it's going to go through. And so, again, they go, and he kicks it, and he hits it. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, it's in. And I start running through our house. I was like, woo, yes. I'm like banging the walls, and Jess goes, it hit the upright. And I just lose my mind. I mean, if you want to talk to Jess and get into the details, you got I mean, I lost my mind. I almost punched the TV when I saw Cody Parkey's face, you know what I mean? And I'm like, I took Ben's like Chicago Bears helmet and I chucked it across the room and put a dent in the wall and, and I'm just like going nuts and Jess was like, you are such a hypocrite. I was like, in Jesus' name, I am the biggest hypocrite, you know? And I am like, I am losing my mind. But you know what the truth is? It isn't like God's like, oh my gosh. Well, there goes the church. <laughs> Thought it was my guy. Oh, well, I guess Matt's up, you know, like Elaine <laughs> is like, oh, we just got married. This is what we think. We think when we mess up that God's like so angry with us. He's so frustrated with us. And everything you spoke over to us, man, that's not going to happen. That's just such a lie from hell. God wants you to understand how deep his love is for you and that when he speaks over you, that is his word. It is his bond. John chapter 21, verse 3. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. You know what's interesting? When we have failures in life, we run back to our old identity, right? We run back to what is comfortable. Peter fails, and he goes, yep, I knew I wasn't what Jesus said I was. I'm just a dirty old fisherman. And I'm going to go fishing. And Peter's the leader, so everybody else goes, yep, you're right, Peter. That guy, he's gone. They, they just lost their way. And they said, we'll come too. It says this, so they went out on the boat, and they caught nothing all night. Everything in the Bible is there for a reason. And I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, why did they catch nothing all night? They were fishermen. He said, because there was no grace on their life any longer for them to be fishermen. Because I had given them a new identity. So what happens is when God gives us a new identity and we don't walk in our new identity and then we try to go back to our old identity, there's no grace in it. There's just nothing. And God goes, I'm sorry, I gave you a new identity. I need you to walk in your new identity. Amen? Verse 4. At dawn... Jesus was standing at the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. 
Verse 5, he called out to him, fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said to him, throw your nets on the right side of the boat, and you'll get some. Now, I don't know about you, but if, if some random dude was yelling at me to throw the nets on the other side, actually the shallow side, I'd be like, man, forget you. I've been out here all night. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. We've lost our way. We've lost our hope. We've lost our confidence. What are you talking about? And for some reason, they did. They threw their nets on the right side of the boat. He said, you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there was so many fish in it. Then the disciple that Jesus loved said, Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had been stripped down for work. Why did he put on his tunic? It's the same reason that Adam and Eve sewed fig leaves when they, saw, when they heard Jesus coming. They felt there was a first time in their life that they felt guilt and shame. They weren't really trying to hide their privates. I mean, they, they didn't know anything about their privates at that time, okay? There was no guilt or shame about their privates. What were they really trying to hide from God? Their guilt and their shame. Why does Peter put on his tunic again to go see Jesus? Because he has guilt and shame. He's trying to hide what he's done from the Lord. Verse 9. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread for them. Now, I don't know about you when you grew up, but for me, when I got in trouble, it wasn't like, hey, we're going out to hibachi. You know what I mean? We're going to get some steak and some shrimp. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have a great family night. I remember we had this, like, table and this bench, and, like, you would sit down on the bench, and, you know, and it was like, we are so disappointed in you. You know what I mean? And how could you make this choice? And, you know, do you understand that not just Peter, but all the disciples scattered when Jesus got arrested? They all bailed on him. They all did. And here's Jesus with some fish and some warm bread. And I don't know about you, but I, I'm feeling some Longhorn today after church. I mean, they have that hot bread at Longhorn. Oh, my gosh. You just give me a pound of butter and some bread, and I am good for the afternoon. Okay, I'm just going to go into a carbo, you know, coma. You know what I mean? So can you imagine, like, hot, fresh bread from Jesus? It's got to be the greatest thing ever. You know, like, I'm just, we're going to have it at the marriage supper of the Lamb. You know what I mean? It's going to be, it's going to be incredible. Okay. Verse 15. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter. Did you catch that? Simon Peter. What is Jesus doing? He's doubling down. He's saying, Simon Peter, Peter, my rock, Peter, the one that I gave identity to, Peter, the one that I'm going to build the church of Jesus Christ upon, Peter, my man. He says, Simon, Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? His response is, yes, Lord, Peter responds, you know that I love you. 
Aren't you thankful that Christ doesn't always look at our outward appearance, but he looks at our hearts? Christ is going, I don't care about the mistake. I care about what's in your heart, Peter. The word of God says the spirit of the Lord searches the earth for hearts that are his. The Lord is looking for hearts that cry out to him going, Lord, my heart is for you and for you alone. And this is what Peter's heart is doing. It's crying out back to the Lord. Lord, you know, you know that I love you. And Jesus says, feed my lambs. He goes right back to his identity. He says, I called you to do this, Peter. I need you to step into who you are called to be. Listen, I promise you, if Reese and Joaquin don't step into who they're called to be, there will be people that will come to this church and they'll never find what they were supposed to find because Reese and Joaquin didn't step into their grace. That happens for all of us. God goes, I need you to step into your identity. I need you to step into who I've called and made you to be. Verse 16, Jesus repeated the question, Simon, John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter responded, you know that I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. Verse 17, a third time, Simon, John, do you love me? The Bible says that his heart is hurt. Why are you asking me a third time? There's three denials. Three denials. But you know what else happened on the third day? Jesus rose victorious on the third day. Hell couldn't take him over. And what did Jesus say to Peter? He said, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus is saying, you will rise just like I did, and you will be who I called you to be, and the gates of hell will not prevail against what I've called you to do in your life. Let me tell you something. Listen, you, okay, listen, hell, your friends, your family, your job, none of that can screw up your destiny. The only thing that can screw up your destiny is you. Hell can come against you. Hell will come against you. But I'm telling you in the name of Jesus, if you stand strong and you stand upon the word of God and you declare that God is good, the forces of hell will not overcome you and you will have the victory in Jesus' name. I promise you. I promise you. So he asked him a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. You know this, Jesus. You know that this is the cry of my heart. And this is good. This was me in Imago Day's sanctuary. I'm so thankful for Imago Day. They've opened up their church and given me a place to just work. And I was in their sanctuary the other day, and I was just worshiping the Lord. And, I, you know, there's just times where you're just not confident in who you are. There's times where you're frustrated in who you are. But the Lord's going, son, do you love me? And I'm just going, Lord, you know I love you. I want whatever you want. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Just show me what you want, Lord. And the Lord says, then feed my sheep. Jesus comes right back to what he prophetically spoke over Peter. 
He's doubled down. Worship team, you can come on up. And what is Jesus really, really, truly doing? He's restoring his confidence. He's restoring who he is in Christ Jesus. You go ahead and stand up this morning. Give it up for Jesus. Isn't that just so amazing? It took us seven months. It's amazing. We have one contingency that really has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with them. And the realtor actually messaged me on Friday and said, hey, I think we'll have this all buttoned up by Monday morning meaning that we're going to be ready to close in about two weeks. Once we close, we get to start working on the building, painting, flooring, redoing the place, redoing the landscaping, just getting ready. We're really, really, really believing for an Easter launch. Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't it just be... Children, I got great plans for you. If you'll just trust me, 
Amen. Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.